listening to My Morning Cup, a podcast that features interesting conversations with genuine people. I'm your host, Mike Costa of Costa Media Advisors. My guest this week is Roy Vaughn. Roy is the Senior Vice President, Human Resources Officer at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee. Roy is a native Chattanoogan, Brainerd High School grad, who after college began his career in communications and public relations in Nashville. He had great success in Nashville, yet the scenic city lured him home. Roy is actively involved in the Chattanooga community. Roy, welcome to my morning cup. Thanks, Mike. Before we get into your career path over the years, let me first ask, what's in your morning cup? Uh, Diet Coke. Uh, that's the caffeine of choice, and I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I could hang an IV bag, you know. So how many do you start with in the morning, and do you quit during the day? Uh, probably a couple, and, um, you know, I stop in the mid-afternoon or so. Have you ever tried to give it up? I have. Uh, I have, and I had a friend say just how bad diet sodas are and uh, goaded me into quitting, which I did for nine months cold turkey. Uh, he asked for frequent updates and uh, said, you know, don't you feel better? You feel better, right? <laughs> and, and I said, no, I feel absolutely, totally the same. So now I'm back on. And uh, <laughs> that, that, that may have been the time uh, when you had a short temper, wasn't it? I think it, <laughs> perhaps. I think you've got a good memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, re- I remember those days. Drink some more Diet Coke, right? <laughs> Don't worry, I've had a couple already. So. Yeah, good, good. Well, well, again, welcome to My Morning Cup. I appreciate you being here. I really wanted to talk to you because, to a great degree, you're a quintessential Chattanooga story. You grew up here. You went to Brainerd High School. I believe you spent a year or two at UTC before you transferred to Middle Tennessee State. So let's, let's talk about that path. Just give us a little bit of background there, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, thank you. I, after... Um, after a less than stellar first couple of years, <laughs> trying to find myself in my right uh, major, actually focused on communications. And part of that was uh, truly why I'd seen my older brother, Skip, do. Uh, he, was, uh, he held many positions within the Chattanooga Police Department, at one point public information officer, chief of detectives, SWAT team commander, held a lot of positions. But I saw what, what he did. And it intrigued me quite a bit. And I'd had some, uh, actually some experiences at um, Brainerd High uh, that informed me about how people can carry perceptions of uh, an institution or an organization. And, and, and we banded together and, and tried to change some of those perceptions then. Just out of curiosity, what were specifically what would that be? Well, it was it was some of the the discord and actually history related to uh, desegregation mm-hmm. and the, and the troubles that were there at, at Brainerd some years prior. Uh, and our experience at Brainerd was it was gosh it was a great place, yeah. fantastic place. Uh, but there was this perception that somehow there were it was a troubled school. And uh, I think we uh, established an exchange program uh, with Baylor. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, just uh, and it was student student led, and and it was interesting to see how those interactions really informed both right. sets of students about each other's schools and who who was there and who those people are. And by the way, you shouldn't always make assumptions. And, um, and you brought up an important word, perception. Yes. Yeah, because absolutely. perception does become reality yeah. unless you, you yeah, absolutely you know, figure things out. 
So, so that kind of got you on your path of communication. So when you got to UTC, is that something you jumped into right away? Or? No, I had, an, had another major again. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, look, I'm not a science and math guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really good at daily math. I can, I can do that easily in my head, but higher math, not so much. Well, part of the reason I chose public relations <laughs> when I went to Tennessee was I did not have to take a math all four <laughs> years. <That's right. laughs> Don't think that didn't factor into my thinking either. Uh, and so the... Uh, actually started uh, communication studies there at the very end, but it was interdisciplinary studies, just really not um, what I was looking for. And, and up just up the road at MTSU, there was a highly acclaimed mass communications Great department. And, and it, it was a fantastic experience. Uh, incredible sets of experiences for me, I know as a student, uh, with internships and the proximity to Nashville, and it really, really uh, informed my, my decision and really locked it in mm-hmm. for me and was fortunate enough to meet some great professionals in the national market who encouraged my path. Uh, so it was uh, absolutely the right experience. And to your point about Chattanooga, it was, um, it was a time when if you were a Chattanooga native, um, there was not a lot going on mm-hmm. in the market. You naturally looked to other places to live. And it was a real statement about where Chattanooga was at the time. Uh, and it was not uncommon for go to school, leave, not really come back for a while. Well, when I moved here 20 <clears throat> something years ago, one of the issues that they were starting to fix was the brain drain. You know, every, everyone's yeah. kids who would go away to school but not come home to Chattanooga. So yeah. it was a different time. Funny story about how I got back. I said I was fortunate enough to meet some incredible professionals, one of whom was Ron Har. And so Ron and, and I just connected. I was a, I think I was a junior in college when I, we first met. How'd right? you meet him? We were at a uh, Public Relations Society of America event in Nashville. I was a student representative Ron, at, at one point, uh, we stayed in touch and hired me away from my first agency job to another agency. And it was, uh, gosh, it was a great opportunity, just a fantastic opportunity. And so, but about two weeks into it, you know, he said, I've got something to tell you. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> and so, I said, wait a minute, you, you can't, you can't, you, you can't do that. And he goes, I can I am, <laughs> and this will be great. You got to trust me. So you start you start your career. You have a good job. Yep. Ron lures you in <laughs> to this new agency, and two weeks later says adios. Yes, and I did trust him, and it was a great opportunity. I stayed there for seven years, and it was fantastic. It, it could not have been a better opportunity. So, so I, I wouldn't call it a chance meeting, but here you are, a student, and you're trying to get plugged in and do the things you need to do for your career. And you meet someone who today is now and still a lifelong friend. Absolutely. You know, 40 plus years later. And, you know, at the time, Laura and I had just married. And so it was a little unsettling that for the conversation yeah. about, hey, I'm leaving. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then later on, you know, just going through uh, an agency career. Um, at, at one point, we founded our own firm. And about, you know, a year into it, uh, Ron calls and says, you know, we may have a project for you if you're interested. 
here's what it entails. Listen, it's not much, but at least it's a you know it's a foot in the door. And if you all perform well, you may have a chance. And this was when Ron had moved to Blue Cross. To Blue Cross, yeah. And um, so, you know, over time, Blue Cross became our largest client, and it was just a wonderful relationship. And I always liked, trusted, yeah. respected the people that I encountered, and so it was a wonderful relationship. So as a as an outside resource for Blue Cross, I felt very much a part of the organization and very, you know, much a part of the mission and always was made to feel that way. Yeah. Then, you know, fast forward, you know, 10 years and Ron and I have a conversation about joining Blue Cross. And it was just at that right time in my career when I'm thinking like, I've done nothing other than agency work. If I'm going to make a change, if I'm going to do something else, now is the time, right? And related to that, you had started your own agency at that point, being Catcher Vaughn and Bailey, mm-hmm. KVB. Yeah. So you've done, you did that for 10 years. You, you had the corporate side or the agency side, and then you were working for yourself. How would you compare the two of working for someone else and working for yourself and, and, and pluses and minuses? One, I think it depends on the organizations yeah, that you're exposed to and and where where you have your experience. I, I will tell you that I had a, I had a lot of my friends from across the country scratching their heads, saying like, what, what, "Wait a minute, you're you're a partner in your own firm? Like, what? What?" Yeah. Um, and I will tell you that part of the attraction was absolutely was Blue Cross. Another part of it was the rebirth of Chattanooga, what I saw in Chattanooga. Because what, what year was this? This was uh, 2007. And also my parents uh, uh, were still alive at the time and getting older. It was a chance to be closer to them. So there were a lot of factors mm-hmm. that were part of it. But it, uh, but that Chattanooga component was, was, was a major Part of it, I think, in terms of making the the jump from what was a small organization to a a larger one, um, I just tried to keep the same mindset, and that is, even though I'm internal as an executive, uh, it's still about client service. It's still about mission. It's still about delivering results. So, so you know, what are some of the tenets of, of great client service? Try to be two or three steps ahead. No surprises for the people that you're yeah. serving. You know, keep keep the real mission in mind. And if you do that, uh, and also and you treat people you know with respect, it, it tends to take care of itself. And so that was that was the only approach, which is it's still client service. It's still about you know results. And regardless of whether or not I'm in a large organization or a small organization, I, I and I can also tell you this. In 15 years at Blue Cross, I've never been asked to do anything other than what I thought was right. Mark of a good organization, and you, you brought up the fundamentals, no surprises. Well, what I really mean by that is trying to establish the right expectations uh, on the front end. Mm-hmm. and that Manage goes, expectations. Absolutely, yeah. is, is trying to establish those. And then also, there's a great saying, um, you know, I always kind of chuckle at, the term change management. Right. You know, um, and the reason why I do is like, 
Isn't that what we're doing every day? Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're doing every day. And so it's one of those corporate cliches. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like we're going to download here. And, yeah, please. Like, yeah. let's not talk about change. You got your bingo scorecard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so right. So uh, so I, yeah, that's for me. That's a little bit of an eye roller, but it's what we do every day, right? Yeah. And so in terms of setting expectations, let me put it in other terms. You know, um, people respond differently. If you approach change, uh, doing change with them as opposed to to them, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a, there's a real distinct difference in that. And, and a lot of that is about communication. And listen, I, I'm a little biased from the standpoint of I think communications, sadly, is, is not as practiced as it once was. And it, is, it, it certainly is something that is a distinguishing factor. By the way, most Good leaders, really good leaders. What is the one thing that they do really well? Communicate. Yeah, communicate, right? Yep. And and that's just a fact. Because otherwise, how can you get people to see, uh, maybe it's your vision, maybe it's a collective vision. How can you get them to, to, to embrace an idea? And then guess what? Go move toward it. Like go go actually do something to get there. Uh, it's communicating, right? I teach a communications class for teams, and one of the terms in there is a good communicator. And I cross that out and put leader because if you're a good communicator, you're going to be a good leader. That's right. That's right. So you move back from Nashville. You get to go home again. Yeah. And can you go home again? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's been so great. In so many ways, um, I did get to spend, you know, my my parents' last years uh, with them. It's been great for my my family as well overall. Um, you know this story, and I'll tell you, um, this is about kind of the rebirth of Chattanooga or how Chattanooga has really changed its you know itself. Um, but for years, I would come down to visit Blue Cross, you know, for client meetings, or would go see my mom and dad. And, bring our family, and occasionally I would turn to Laura, my wife, and say, hey, you see what's going on at Chattanooga? <laughs> you know, maybe one day, maybe one day we should consider Chattanooga. So upon the first conversation with Ron uh, Har, I, um, I came back, and I'm thinking, like, how am I going to introduce this conversation? And she's from the Nashville area, and I came in and said, hey, I'm doing my best, my best, <laughs> my best upbeat sales job, right? Yeah. And I say, hey, you remember how we've been talking about, you know, Chattanooga one day? And she said, let me let me stop you. Um, we uh, have not been talking about only you have been talking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm thinking this is not going well. Yeah. And she said, she said, don't you dare tell me we're moving to Chattanooga. <laughs> and I said, well, well, first, when do I ever tell you anything? I'm just trying to have a conversation. And fast forward now, you couldn't blast her out of here. Like she loves this place. And so that, that certainly um, speaks to Part of the reason why I love it yeah, as well. The quality of life is, <laughs> yeah. and I think a lot of us get to that point as we grow our careers, you get to a place that you look around and go, you know what? Yeah, this works for this, me. This works really you know, well. Quality yeah. of life here, the way that you interact with people, both professionally and personally, yeah. uh, just the acceptance. It's an easy place to live. And, and there is a real sense of community here. And, it, and in terms of the way it's changed, you know, we're attracting new people, new talent, and sometimes returning, yeah. <laughs> returning talent. Uh, and it's just, a, it's, 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 f- 
fun to be in a city that's up on the upswing. You know, it really is. And there's something about that that makes it uh, just really pleasurable for a lot of people, right? It sure well, does. Well, and, and, and part of your role in, in coming back and focusing in on, on the communication side, but it, it involved you very much in the community. Why, why is that important to you both personally and professionally to be involved with, whether it's the chamber or charity events or things like that? Yeah, I, you know, I'm just wired that way. Truly, I'm, I am uh, from a very early age. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's being the youngest of four boys, you know, so uh, always trying to find a way into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they're probably pushing you out to <laughs> get, get out of your squirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the... Uh, uh, yeah, there was an old joke about, yeah, you, you're the favorite because you never got in trouble. And I was like, no, I never got in trouble because I paid attention. <laughs> so, the, the, uh, no, I'm, I, I love people. And so I, and I also believe that no matter how far technology uh, progresses, most any business, uh, most organizations, it all still gets down to relationships. So whether that's with your own internal teams or whether that's with your customers or a business partner, those relationships are are vital. And you know, for for us, I, mean, I will tell you this: I, I just changing roles from chief communications officer to chief human resources officer. I love focusing on our people, and you know this culture is supremely important. It really is. It defines how you can move forward as an organization and how you move forward. And so that old book, the, the, the speed of trust, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing what you can do as an organization when you, you trust one another. You're not questioning intent. You're not questioning motive. You're, you're, you're having honest conversations and you're moving ahead, right? And so that's, uh, that's part of why I like being out in the community is establishing relationships that, you know, it's not – for whether or not you need them or not, but it's it's about it's important for people to understand. Uh, in my case, if they know a little bit more about Blue Cross because they know me and we interact, I think that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely! You know? and, you're representing the brand every day. Yeah, and, and how they feel about you transfers to over how they feel about Blue Cross. Hopefully, I mean, I, um, in hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully in a good way. Yeah. But I do think that's, you know, that's part of it is, is it works in those other ways. You know, we've got mutual friends at Unum, at, at other companies. It really, it really helps uh, oh, to have those relationships. Absolutely. And you touched a little bit on this. So your, your whole career, you've been in communications. You're at Blue Cross, going from director to vice president to senior vice president, corporate communications, and suddenly you're senior vice president of human resources, which yeah. on the surface you look at and you go, communications, human resources. Talk a little bit about why that is a, a good fit, how that transition's been for you and what you can accomplish in that role for Blue Cross. I think culture is a huge part of it. And so um, we talk about being owners, like owning the mission, owning owning whatever it is. And so I think I was one of the owners of the culture, certainly. We, we all do. Uh, mm-hmm. But but in terms of um, job responsibilities, certainly that was part of it. So being able to transfer those insights and that knowledge and understand how to nurture um, a culture and the kind of the kind of feedback mechanisms and the listening that, that that's a really uh, 
critical part of that and let, listening to your, your people, right? And so I think part of that was that understanding, that, that foundation in culture. We have, we already had human resources professionals. Right. Uh, and, and so this was an opportunity as we change uh, the way that we operate as a major employer. What does that look like? And so it was really not whether or not I know HR law um, or, or the intricacies of, of benefits. We've got people who are phenomenal at that, right? It's really more about trying to, to listen and set a path for how we are going to continue to be an employer of choice in a culture and a company uh, whose mission attracts people. And, and part of that is, and I, I will tell you, I, I mean, one of the things that I'm most proud of is that 98% of our people can tell you how the work they do every day contributes to our mission and our enterprise strategy. 98%. That, that's that's like, unheard of. That's just con- like, yeah. and that's connecting them to meaningful work and everybody wants to do meaningful work. And I, we all do, right? So really your role is, is as a leader, you know, wh- whether it was communications, whether it's human resources, you, you're leading the cultural effort. Would that be fair to say? Um, we, we all own it. Yeah. We, we all own and, it. And I, I get Absolutely. that. I've, I've, yeah. It just comes under your, your job description. Um, I pay a lot of attention to it. Let's put, oh, know, it, put it that way, <laughs> for sure. I, I know you do. Talk a little bit about um, setting that cultural atmosphere, that cultural theme coming out of the pandemic. And I think I read this correctly. 88% of Blue Cross's employees will be remote. So how do you affect culture when people are Zooming in and not seeing each other every day and not having those hallway interactions? Yeah, so there are a couple of things. Like uh, just very early on, I think uh, one of the things that benefited us is we recognize the fact that we're not going to go back to the old model. It's just that was not really an option. And, um, you know, whether you want to call that putting the toothpaste back in the tube or whatever it is, it's not going to happen. And, and by the way, the expectation shouldn't be for it to happen. Now, there, listen, there are roles and there are jobs that require you to be on site every day because of the nature of the work. Absolutely. And that, that will always be. On the other hand, uh, a lot of our work can be done from home or uh, a remote location. And we, we had a 10-year head start in terms of uh, getting people uh, working from home. So we were at 33% working from home before the pandemic started. So we understood a lot of the dynamics. And, uh, and a lot of that was a cultural shift from line of sight management. I got to see, right. I got to see what somebody's doing. Uh, and that took some time, but we had those insights, right? And then so we were able to make that change. And then in terms of how we responded, uh, it was evident that there is a there's a new expectation, not only with our employees, but the greater workforce. And that is not this notion of work-life balance. It is how do we integrate work into our folks' lives. It's an interesting perspective. Right. And look, unless you're lucky enough to win the lottery, then you're working, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so and that's just a fact, right? Yeah. So how can we make it, um, how can we make it a great experience? So meaningful work, how can we set boundaries that help you have uh, the kind of life you want to live? You, you work to build a life. Most people don't live to work, right? right? But some do. Um, and, 
that's one, I think, recognition, which is how do we help our folks integrate work into their lives? And like, what does that really look like? It's, it's a, if you tell someone that they no longer have essentially an hour and a half total commute removed from their day, and by the way, when they unplug, they actually really get to unplug and start spending time with their family right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to get that person back? <laughs> like, truly, I mean, just practically. It's just, and, and by the way, good for them. That's, that's phenomenal, that's right? Yeah, that's the goal. Right? That's yeah. the goal, right? Let's recognize that. Let's, let's embrace it, and let's make sure. I will tell you, we got, we've got incredibly dedicated folks, and so one of our concerns is making sure that we're setting boundaries, like be sure to take a break, D- don't schedule over lunch, maybe put the laptop out of sight so it's not haunting you, <laughs> you know, from across the room. There are things like that that, uh, that hopefully we can, you know, we can get, a rhythm and and really make sure that we're not creating health issues that we're helping them understand the transition and what some of the boundaries are we've also put emotional supports in place like after two and a half years lockdown semi-lockdown okay you're out now we're going back you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stress yeah. And that. So we we want to help uh, people with stress as well. Well, obviously, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee is doing something right because constantly noted as one of the best employers. And how, how important is that to the organization? Certainly, it's something we want to, to be. And, and the, any sort of recognition um, is really an extension of the kind of work experience that we're trying to create and the kind of feedback and, and response that we continuously are working through with our, our folks just to make sure the experience is great. Those, those awards, um, those are actually employee-based. It's their it's their feedback. So so from that standpoint, really important, yeah. like really, really important. In terms of do we strive to win awards, I think it's the other way. If we, we strive to have the right workplace, and if we get those, yeah, then, then that's, that's, that's the idea. That's gravy. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couple more questions. Yeah, when you were at Brainerd High School, where did you see yourself being at this age? Did Did you see this career path for yourself, or did you have something else in mind? Uh, no, I did not. I mean, I just um, no. Was, <laughs> <laughs> um, while a lot of people even then worked at Blue Cross, I'm not sure I knew Blue Cross was actually <laughs> here. Right, so I sh- certainly didn't see that. I. I will tell you, in terms of career planning or setting out goals, I never really had that's the job. I never so you, really. You didn't lay out a path. The only thing that I did uh, was work really hard at what was in front of me and try to do it the best I could do. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because so many people think it's, it's a, I got to lay out my path and I do this. Yeah. And I think your point of, Tackle what you have. Yeah. Do the best you can at it. And doors are going to open. Hopefully. And and that was that was the idea. It was like, uh, and just um, be open. Yeah. Just be open. Like, in, and sometimes opportunities don't come neatly packaged, right? They just don't. But if you're open and you keep your eyes up a little bit, I'm not saying not to focus on the work because the work in front of you is the most important and doing it really well. But I do think if you do it really well, you'll get those opportunities. Put another way, I don't care where you are in an organization. You can lead 
from any position you're in, period. And that's, that's the way you conduct yourself. That's the way you do your work. That's the way you respect others. That's the way you engage others. That's the way, all of that, right? You can lead from any spot you're in, anytime, and it, that's real. And people, people recognize it, and people say, I, that person's got something going on, right? That's, that's such an important point because we all have the power within ourselves to control our own destiny. Yep. We and, do. And, and we're, we don't have to be affected by the things around us. Yes. You know, and Mike, you and I have talked about this some, but whether it was career path or not, or like what, what drives you or not. And that, that old question is like, is it the drive for success or the fear of failure? And, <laughs> and my answer would be, that would be yes and yes. Yeah. <laughs> it would be equal parts, right? Yeah. And um, the time that we started our agency, I had three children <laughs> under the under the age of seven. It's like, you want some motivation, man. That, that'll that get you going. Well, it's like the old Lee Trevino uh, saying, nothing like pressure of having a $10 NASA and only $3 in your pocket. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Yeah>. <right>. Well, Roy, I've got one more question for you, and I want you to think about this a second. So imagine yourself being back as a 25-year-old. Yeah. What would you tell yourself is important for a happy life? I'd say um, work to be happy in the moment and also you know, take some time to, to look around, take stock, appreciate what you, what you have, uh, particularly the relationships. I think lives are built on relationships. Some people can choose to live solitary lives and be just fine, but I think that's part of it. So I just, I think it's that paying attention to those people in your lives, your life and, and their lives and, and being happy in the moment and not, and not overthinking it. I will tell you that, <laughs> that I've been known to overthink things from, <laughs> from time to time. And that's also why, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate, and you and you marry well. You've got someone who can say, "Hey, stop! You're you're overthinking that." Our best guides, <laughs> our best critics, our, our our best mentors are our wives. Uh, yeah, boy, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think from um, actually my 25 year old self got engaged uh, at 25. So that's I would say stick with your plan and keep keep yeah. going because it worked out okay. Yeah. <laughs> This has been great, and I, I hope our audience has gotten to see uh, a little bit of the Roy Vaughn I know and the guy I love and respect and really appreciate you coming in and doing this. Uh, it's, it's been a great conversation. Love you too, brother. Thanks for listening to My Morning Cup, a podcast by Costa Media Advisors. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. I release a new episode each week, So be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts.